we're all protecting you. We have, we have all protected, protected you. you. About my marriage? About what you told us about your marriage. With the mostest? We you told us. Okay, I don't know. Don't, don't ever so bring so you guys around me. Let me tell you something. The only thing. If I want to see that, I would have wrote it. I'm not really sure what I've done to you, but I'm Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Hot and Bravo podcast on the Buttered Pop Network. We are here finally for our Real Housewives of Potomac recap. I know it's been a little bit and we're a little bit behind, but I was in Chicago, but now I'm back. It's Eddie Estrada here with my co-host and roommate, Kelsey Corley, to talk everything Potomac. Kelsey, how are you doing? I'm good. I thought this was a little bit of a slower episode of this season of Potomac. Like, stuff happened. This would have been a top five episode of Beverly Hills. Yeah. It was a bottom tier Potomac episode. That's exactly true. And it it was still a good episode. Not a bad episode by any means. No. The um, fireworks at the the end of... Up at the end of the episode. Jeez. At the end of the episode, we're great. And we started off finishing our to be continued, which is always, That's always a, good. a great sign for an episode. Um, we even got to see Robin's ridiculous truck idea. Okay. So I it's love very that. entertaining. <laughs> it was an entertaining <laughs> episode, if not um, an exciting one. That is true. Um, well, let's start with the to be continued because I feel like this is something, this is the heavy lifting we need to get through because mm-hmm. this was the big kind of sad moment of the episode, which was we finally get to see Ashley get to her father's home and go to, you know, meet him and speak with him and he slams the door in her face. And that's Did you notice of, she tells a slightly different story to everyone? I, I did a little bit. It was weird. Because Robin was a little bit of a different story. Yeah, was, Michael got a little bit of a different mm-hmm. story. And even when she's like talking with, about it with um, her aunt and uncle who were there right afterwards, that was a different story than she said too. It was like very slight differences, but I thought that was weird. Like she was embellishing for the sake of the show maybe. I don't know. Yeah, and you were saying you were saying to me you think she kind of did this to kind of disguise the whole Michael situation, kind yeah. of put a cover over that by having this storyline. But it didn't work because this is the end of the story. Yeah. And also like as I think also she's trying to drum up sympathy Mm -hmm. because it does make you feel bad for her. However, I will say every time she cries about this to me, it looks like she has to like really think about it and go there. Like I think about when I was younger and like trying to practice being able to cry on the dime. Yeah. And I would always be like, okay, what makes me really sad? I used to always think about my pet dying. That was like the only thing that could do it for me. Apparently for Ashley, um, it's the situation with her dad. That's what I feel like. And, but I still feel like she has to go there to get the tears. It's not organic. It's forced for the show. Yeah. No, I, I see that because like you, I've been a person that um, has practiced my fake crying <laughs> to, um, you know, to get what I needed when I was younger. Yeah, mainly it was to get out of trouble. <laughs> yeah, a lot of it happened at school. <laughs> a lot of it was like, oh, that wasn't me. Um, <laughs> so sorry, former educators. Uh, I was fake crying. <laughs> but no, I get it. And, you know. Maybe a fake crier only recognizes a fake cry. Maybe, yeah. Maybe that's Maybe like, that's what it maybe is. Maybe we can only, we're only ones who could sniff out each other. We, we know, we know the techniques, we know the methods. Um, but I do think this actually was a very emotional moment. I mean, something must be up with the father because like you said, like he doesn't even speak with his own sister. It's, it's a very weird, weird situation. I feel well, like. I wonder because obviously her dad's side of the family is white. Is this a racial issue? It could be. Uh, we know he has another family. 
do they know about Ashley? Could yeah. that be it? I don't know. There's p- plenty of... That could be the thing, too, is like that this is a big secret of his life that his new family doesn't know Well, he was know married about. to Ashley's mom. Yeah. So I, I don't know. It's just super bizarre. I can't imagine why anyone would ever do that to a kid. And I think Ashley's... That's the other thing. They get in the car and Ashley's mom is like, he's a nasty, horrible man. Yeah, that you don't need to know him. It's like, then why were you so gung-ho about coming here, lady? You're yeah. the one who knows him the best, probably. I, I think I think at this point for Ashley it was like something she was going to do regardless whether or not her mom said it was okay I don't or not. Think so. You don't I think, think so? No, no, no. I think this was for the if it wasn't for the show she never would have done this. I think when you send someone a letter, you call them and you Facebook message them and they block you. That's a pretty clear response. That there's your answer. It's like please I don't, do not speak to you're me. You're asking for trouble basically. Yeah. And I'm not saying that his response is right by any means. Like, you've got to be a horrible person to slam the door in your kid's face. Yeah. But why would you put that pressure on someone? Why would you bring cameras to their house? Why, yeah. It's just, I, that's giving him more reason to say no. Yeah, I mean. And maybe she was hoping he would do that and she could make him look like a villain, make him look as bad as she feels he is and how he's treated her. Maybe, I don't know. I mean, there's so much that is unknown about the situation. And I mean, my, she goes to talk to Michael later in the episode and he's kind of like, well, did you go back and like knock on the door again? And, and like, she's like, yeah, I did. Which is the first time we hear that. Yeah. I, I thought Michael was, he looked like he was trying to look interested, but could not care less. Yeah. Like he, he doesn't seem to have one iota of interest in Ashley or anything she's doing. Yeah. Like he's not attracted to her. He doesn't think she's funny. He doesn't think she's smart. He seems to generally be exhausted by her. <laughs> and like, geez, don't you think? Like, unless it's talking about Juan, this man is not happy. That's I'm the only dead. time he lights up is when he's talking about Juan. Juan. The so- Juan sausage. Like the he, only- <laughs> he, just him being like, happy birthday, Juan. Or um, a couple episodes when they were on their way to Juan's party and they're talking in the car and he's like, well, Juan's a nice guy. Juan is this. Juan is that. Juan and I are blah, blah, blah. I've never heard him like- say one nice thing about Ashley. I heard him say 50 nice things about Juan. It's weird. <laughs> I'm dead that you were like, he's really just in love with Juan because I mean, it might be the truth. (laughs) Um, Let's get into Karen buying a truck or not Karen, Robin buying a truck because I loved this scene. I think it is so insane. And we were watching this and I was like, ooh, Robin is such a businesswoman. She's like, she sees the truck. She's going to get a truck. And you were like, she's an idiot. She has no idea what she's doing. (laughs) She's like, because I am a woman, I will get government contracts. I was like, it's a long process. Have you... Have you been listening to any of the conversation? Like, have you heard about Monica Lewinsky? Being a woman in government is not going to help you. Did Hillary win? No. I don't think being a woman is going to help you get government trucking jobs with your one truck. It, it's the same with the house flipping. I was very, very confused when she went into that with absolutely zero experience. And as we saw, it probably cost her a lot of time and money because yeah. she was way past her projected finishing date. Well, that's, I think, anyone with, like, we've talked about this before, like, even the house, like, we were in, like, it takes a while to, like, yeah. and a lot of money to get it to where you need it to be for, you know, how you need it. So, for her, I mean, she's just got all these wild ideas. She's trying to be a I mean, she's woman. got that lip lipstick line going. I say, girl, focus on the lipstick and keep working on the houses. Well, the lipstick she wasn't able to promote because she didn't say the name once. I know. So, she's got to find something else. It's the trucks now. It- she missed her opportunity. <laughs> Now it's Robin's truck and green, the green-eyed monster. She'll get all oh green trucks. Oh, my gosh. 
Yeah, that was interesting. I thought that was odd. And you know, you always bring your friend to go um, check out a new business opportunity. <laughs> who knows nothing about it and couldn't care. I'm in the, I'm in the discovery phase. What yeah. is it? The exploratory phase? Yeah, the discovery <laughs> phase. That's what Karen said. She's like, and, and I love Giselle. She's like, you know, you could stay in the discovery phase forever if you know anything <laughs> about Karen Huger. I'm like, oh my God, Giselle. So shady. But I did love when they were driving around in the truck around the lot and just having the best that, time and like honking the horn. That I do. I love Robin and Giselle's friendship because it's, it's so real. And even later on when we see them busting up at her house party, not house, open house party. Yes. Um, Robin's just kind of like, well, damn. Yeah, she's <laughs> she's like, not like anybody else would be like, you're ruining my, you're taking money out of my pocket. And she's like, like, oh, well, that's Giselle. Oh, man. She's just Giselle. like, well, damn. Just goes to the people like, I hope you're okay. <laughs> Not like Giselle, stop. Like, we'll, we'll get into more of the party later. But um, speaking of Karen Huger in her discovery phase, um, let's talk about Karen and her sister, Bridget, which I thought this was a really beautiful moment that they had together to honor their parents. So I yeah, think I it agree. was the second anniversary of their father dying and the first anniversary of their mother. Mm-hmm. Um, and so what they wanted to do is they wanted to have a little private ceremony to kind of, you know. I think for them it was this was we saw Ashley's closure with her mm-hmm. dad and I think this was their version of their closure. Their closure of dealing with their parents' death. I think it was really hard on them. We saw at the reunion how emotional Karen was, how upset she was. That was a like a huge breakdown. She's such a strong person. We never see her get to that point. So um I think this was like their acknowledgement that they could move on without their parents and they were you know like healed. Yeah. Um, emotionally and that's why they released the balloons and they decided you know what I'm going to kill some sea animals parents to um, get my revenge yes (laughs) oh my god well like I'm sorry but how dense do you have to be to do that on TV but let balloons out yeah are you kidding me Um, I really did love when though (laughs) um, they're like doing their prayer and she's like thank you mom and dad for making me the matriarchal leader of this family and her sister gives her like the biggest death stare and she's yeah. like come on like I thought their relationship was super cute and they were is. back and forth I would like to see more of her sister on the show yes. maybe but in like not in a sad setting and like with other people maybe and I think her sister is like funnier than we thought because like when I they think were, so like, too when she was like going fast in the car and her sister was like oh stop it like I loved when she was like I got my 5'7 and my 740 my 5'7 <laughs> my 740 for her lipsticks she knows them by number which that is an interesting thing I don't know anybody who's like oh I'm a whatever it's like I'm a hot kiss like not the number so that was interesting I also thought it was interesting. You could practically see a before and after of plastic surgery in that car <laughs> between the two of them. Karen before plastic surgery. No, Karen. Karen yeah, exactly. <laughs> it was like, wow. Karen's had more work done than I thought. So that was also interesting. Um, I thought they were, I, I think, also I thought the Amazing Grace song that was, that was recorded was so good. Yeah. I was really impressed. Macy Gray really knows how to produce, really knows how to edit. Get that song out of that songbird's throat. <laughs> she was doing it. Um, I also really liked kind of seeing like the, the um, I guess, ritual of putting the programs in the Bible to say like, see you soon. So they like had their parents' Bible and mm-hmm. they put like, the programs back in there. I thought that was really cute. I thought that was cute um, too. I thought the whole thing was cute. The whole cute. thing was super cute. I loved, I love, I love Karen. I really do. I do too. And I love seeing Karen almost like humanized because you kind of feel like the grand dame is like always untouchable. She's so, and she's so much high up. bigger than life so much of the time. So it is nice to see her in those moments. Even that moment we were talking about with her parents at the last reunion where she broke down in tears. Even that was so 
interesting and such a nice dynamic of Karen to see because we see her as such a larger than life figure, calling press conferences, <laughs> going clank clank. Press conferences, no press. So. Fashion show, no fashion. <laughs> you know, uh, let's while we're on Karen, let's talk about and the La Dame Grand Dame. Let's talk about La Dame perfume. I don't know if any of you have seen the um, SNL sketch commercial. <laughs> Slash oh, SNL sketch commercial <laughs> that Karen has released to promote her fragrance, and it, guys, it is one of the wildest things I've ever seen. Like that, someone could put this out there thinking this is good. I mean, I kind of liked it. Uh, it's funny in a <laughs> way that it's ridiculous, but I think she's, I think she's being serious. I think she's being serious too. What I would I have to say to everyone who is in Bravo who is coming out with a product. Lean into it. Lean into being from Bravo. Lean into the ridiculousness. Just look at that Fiber One commercial, people. Iconic. Iconic. Yes. Just realize what channel you're on. You are not on, like, you're not this a is not Discovery. Yeah. This is not TLC. It's it's Bravo. And people love you for your character on Bravo. So even though, so if Karen is like, oh, yeah, I was in on the joke. If she could have done it up a little bit bigger, like, yeah. she could have had this gown and been like, the dumb. Oh, that like, would have been great. Like, yeah. See, these are the things she needs to like, hire you, Eddie. Get rid of Matt, Karen, me. and hire Eddie to promote your perfume sales. Honestly, I would be selling Le Dame, Grand Dame everywhere I could. But the yeah, Le, it looks Le like Home. it looks like an <laughs> coming soon. <laughs> it looks like an SNL sketch. She's just like staring into the camera and petting her perfume. It's so bizarre. Go to her Twitter and watch it yeah. if you get the chance. Yeah, we did see her um, pick out the bottles, and you will see those bottles in uh, in, in a studio. CVS near you. Yes. <laughs> Um, okay, so let's, should we just, uh, move on, move on. Yeah. So Monique has a small scene with the baby CBR person, which was kind of like a throwaway scene. It was a total like, throwaway scene. And usually I love a throwaway scene with Monique and her husband, but there was not even any dialogue between the two of them. It was literally the kids being wild. And I was like, okay, and it's stressing me out. <laughs> I was interested in those. Well, first of all, first off, I thought they were going to teach the kids CPR, Same. which I was like, that is a brilliant idea. Mm -hmm. I never thought to mobilize my tiny children as lifesavers, but that's a great idea. I think it's smart. I Although mean, it didn't seem like they were interested at all. And I maybe think they need to be a little older. I think they need to be a little bit older because they don't, they didn't understand. I mean, they, they were able to talk about what would you call 911? Mm -hmm. You know, they were able to answer a few questions, but those kids are way too young to even think about that. And I don't think they have the capacity to do it correctly if the issue yeah. like arose but I think the only other thing we saw in that scene was Monique's new talking head look which um, apparently uh, she's opening um, a pregnant showgirls oh. in Vegas. I thought she was uh, like, she still had clothes left over from when the Atlanta girls went to Carnival a couple weeks ago. <laughs> she was getting her outfit ready for when she was going to travel with them. That's it. That must be it. That headpiece. It was interesting. I feel like she tried to take a note from Erica Jane. Do you remember a couple seasons ago when she had that talking head look where she had that really cute tiny crown in her oh, hair? Oh yeah. Which was, I thought that was a gorgeous look. Completely wild. Yeah. But gorgeous. Not that Monique looked bad by any means. It was not a, no, a bad look. look. It terrible. was just crazy because it's like this is an interview, not a costume party. You know what? The housewives are really stepping it up and I got to tip my hat to them. We should probably all tip our hats to Erica Jane yeah. because I will say she definitely um, put the game up. Yeah. Raised definitely the bar. Definitely brought the level up. Well, that, that machine outfit that she wears with the hat. I love that one too. It's like. Okay, girl. And we that's saw a that look that runway. can go wrong. Yeah, very wrong. 
It's also a look that's stolen because, you know, Jeremy Scott steals everything he does, but that's a point for another day. <laughs> um, let's move to Candace and her family because, first of all, I loved when they all walked in with their matching fur coats with, this, with the sisters in the fur vest and the mom in the fur jacket. I was like, okay. Well, I wanted to know, why didn't the younger sister get a Gucci belt too? That was my first question. Why is she left out of the Gucci belt club? Was it on purpose? Because clearly she does not take her mom's shit. Yeah. So I wondered if she was like, no belt for you. Or she was like, mom, I'm not wearing that belt. I don't know. They were, she, they wore matching shoes, matching pants, matching turtlenecks, and matching fur vests. I doubt she was like, no, I'm not. I, it's the Gucci belt is where I draw the line. <laughs> she just didn't have one. Mama didn't yeah. give it to her. That's what I'm betting. Would Would you, your sister, and your mom go all wear matching outfits like this and go Hell wine tasting? No. Hell no. But I also want to know how can Candace be out here talking about owning um, a hairline and let her mom walk around like that? The roots of what I can only assume are a wig. If that is her actual hair, I will be horrified. There were like six different colors at the roots. What is going on? She looked like a calico cat. Well, you know, she's done growing. She's old enough. She knows what <laughs> she knows what works for her. And I guess the hair works for her. Um, I did love Candace's sister kind of I would love up. to see more of her. Same. I first of all, she's beautiful. Um, so cute. The Candace Candace and her sister are gorgeous. Um, and I loved how Candace's sister was a little bit younger, but was like you not know, taking her not mom's taking crap. Her yeah. And Candace was like, Oh, I feel like I could learn a lot from her. I feel like I can you know, when I see her, it's kind of like, oh, like, maybe this isn't so bad. Like, you know what she I mean? She made an like, interesting point that she had been with her mom alone for 10 years yes. before her sister was born. So that is, that that's a long time. Um, I was like six before my sister was born. So I was basically an only child yeah. up to that point. And I think that does make a huge difference for you. Those are your formative years. And I can only imagine what being trapped with just Candace's horrible mom would be like because that woman is a monster she's <laughs> the shade monster <laughs> she really is the shade monster um i also liked when she was kind of like oh, i went to therapy and she's like well i already knew myself and this is was like okay i know where this is going and she honey was i like, already knew about myself i did this for candace and that's when the sister's like oh boy okay <laughs> which makes me like okay so this isn't just a candace problem with her mom this is and everyone probably well, can't. Her mom. mom is a raging narcissist, which could not be more clear. Yeah. So clearly everyone is going to have an issue with that. I want to know how this woman has become successful enough to support her daughters with that much crazy going on. And especially how she's been able to make that money as a psychiatrist. As someone who helps other crazy people. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you got to be crazy to know crazy, I guess. So, <laughs> hey, it all works out in the end. You Take know? a note from Karen. You got to make millions to owe millions, and you got to be crazy to know crazy. <laughs> hey, that's the way it works. Hey, the people I know that are training to be therapists and, like, psychiatrists. <laughs> yeah, I'm with you on that. <laughs> you know. Yeah, it's very true. It's a, it's a lot of people go into psychiatry to fix themselves. Yeah. And they never get fixed. <laughs> <laughs> hey, they never get fixed. Um, let's move on to, I guess, the uh, all we have left the is the The grand party. finale. The grand finale. Um, Robin's house actually looks really nice. It does look nice. Um, very well I, done. I did think there was a lot of stuff where I was like, hmm, interesting choice. For example, that backsplash. The thing um, I think when I look at these other houses, like, and I see it all the time on other housewives, I mean, even New Jersey, 
um, New York sometimes even, but New York is a little bit more like California, but I feel like the styles of each state and what people find appealing is so different because in Jersey, like you have Marge's house, which is like leopard print and crazy and extra over the top, like super dripping, like with, but you she know. also has such a cool, like she has the dark wood, like her house yeah. is so cool and weird and different, but falling apart, but cool. But my thing is, is like, I mean, I'll see a house on like Beverly Hills or like I'll see a house on OC and I'll be like, Oh, that's the kind of house I would like. Uh, that's the kind of styling I would have in my own home. But then like, I don't know. Like I'll I'm see, mostly like, horrified by or... most of these women's homes. It's an example that money does not buy you taste. Money and, don't buy you um, we, My aunt and I were actually looking at all the different past OC houses the other day, and we were just going, Jesus. Like They all look like bordellos. You know, they look disgusting. You know that my... fake Tuscan, oh, like, faux yeah. rock, horrible. Thank goodness that's gone. I just When I think of OC houses, I just think of Heather Dubrow. So I think I'm oh. like... <laughs> Another horrible one. When I think of OC houses, her house was horrible. Her new her new big house? It's huge, but it's atrocious. Oh my God. I, it is a lesson on bad taste. It is horrible. <laughs> Me, I'm like, I saw all the photos online. I loved it. <laughs> Money my favorite, can't buy a glass. My favorite house, Kelly Dodd's house when she was still married, most beautiful house I think we've seen any franchise. You don't like her condo any, now? Oh, the 70s fireplace? Yeah, that's so me. <laughs> hey, that's where she gets it on with the milkman. Don't don't hate. But I'm just saying that house was drop dead gorgeous on the water. The way she had decorated the house was beautiful. That is my taste, not green, brown, black tiled black opulence. <laughs> opulence. Opulence. I just think you. Why would you want to bring more darkness into any space? Why would you be putting that on a backsplash where it's already yeah. a dark area? You should want to bring light into the room. Yeah. Me as all my furniture is like dark. I'm like, <laughs> keep me in the darkness, vampire life. But like the walls aren't dark. The yeah, floor true. isn't dark. Our house is literally all Our white and blue. All white. <laughs> <laughs> all white and blue. It's like the lightest house you can have. Gray floors. Like it's very light in here. The sun comes in and it's like. Shh, so take like, our criticism, Robin, and yeah, put it Robin, towards your next house. We know. We can. We can do. We can cover uh, Karen's, uh, I'll do Karen's perfume. Kelsey can do uh, Robin's <laughs> homes. So Potomac, we're ready. We ready. We're ready to consult whenever you just call us. You ready. Okay. But let's get into the drama. Well, first we see Ashley talk to Robin about her dad's situation, which Robin is on the verge of tears talking to her about it. She, I, I love Robin. Mm-hmm. She doesn't bring much drama to the show, but she brings a lot of heart. Exactly. She's the heart and soul, mm-hmm. I think, of this group because she she does kind of like play along with the mean girls. You know, but she can get along with every single one of them. Yes. She has everyone's back if they need to. Like even with Michael's comment, Robin didn't want to say it at first, which I thought, I think that's super nice. I would be like literally running over to Giselle immediately. Like, did you hear what he said? <laughs> So I give Robin mad props I mean, I would, for that. I would too. I'd be like, okay, bitch, you need to listen to what. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'd be telling husband said everyone, about my man. If you watch Below Deck after the chef made the racist comments and Hannah is running around to all the other crew members telling them what she said, that would be me. So. I mean, yeah, we gossips in this house. Sorry about it. That's why we have a <laughs> podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Deal with it. You know who we are. We ain't hiding. Um. At least we know ourselves. <laughs> yeah, true. I'm like, I know who I am. Um, okay, so 
Giselle walks in and literally Monique says hi to her and Rob's like Giselle's like okay that's it oh Giselle Robin don't like me or whatever she's saying you know <laughs> as soon as she gets in Monique's like oh hi and like I'm like okay Giselle's been in here for two seconds and then Giselle's like you know I was just really bugged that she was trying to be all fake and friendly and nice with me and it's like they're at Robin's cell laboratory mm-hmm. party trying to sell this home of course Monique is gonna be <laughs> cordial cordial and also Monique doesn't really even know there's an issue. She's yeah. like, she's like, what? And it's all because of like word of mouth. All these women love to play telephone and be like, well, this person said this to this person. They said that to me. And then they all have to get together and they're like, well, no, that was wrong. They miss They miss said this. And it's just funny because Giselle is literally screaming at Monique in the front of the home. Like, while not even like, out of the entryway. Still no. in the doorway. They, she walks in screaming and literally there's investors, there's potential buyers, there's all the people who worked on the home in the back and everyone's just like looking like, who are these people? Like who just came into yeah, this party? Yeah, the cameras didn't clue them in. It, now the screaming did. Yeah, they were like, oh man. And I love, I love how Robin's like not stopping Giselle. <laughs> She's just like, oh, well, is everyone okay? Yeah. <laughs> And she even asked her when um, they were at the truck, when she was testing out the truck, she told Giselle, like, make sure, like, don't do it here. Like, don't bring drama to my house. And she did. Well, I also was uh, laughing super hard when when Monique's like, well, how about you take a tour? Like, yeah. she's like, I need to talk. She's like, take a tour. Do something else. Do something else. It was so good. Um, but then they, they start getting into, like, the meat of what the issue is. And it's basically because... Candace was told by Giselle that Ashley was shown text by Monique and she feels offended that Monique would go behind her back to show text messages. And then Monique's basically like, well, Monique says it in the most succinct form. I sure did. I love that. I love Monique. Yeah. She's like, yeah, I did. And she's like, because Candace made comments that were not right. And that was not, attuned to what I was saying. And was saying what she, let's say like we saw her with the Amistad comment. We saw her with, um, what else? There have been multiple comments that Candace has misconstrued. Or, yes. And if she's supposed to be your best friend and you guys are the closest on the show, then why are you go- going behind her back to try to cause drama where she's at the center of it? Yeah. And I mean, they're kind of also questioning like Monique's loyalty to Ashley. And they're like, well, you guys were hated each other before. And they're like, well, we like each other now. And I think even more so than that, it's Monique being, hey, Ashley, I'm on your side. I understand everyone is kind of against you right now. I want to show you proof that I'm not the one spreading these rumors. I'm not the one feeding into this drama because I feel like Monique in her pregnant self is also kind of trying to be more like of a peacemaker. And I, I think feel she's just not the kind of person to kick someone while, while they're, they're down. down. Yeah. Like the, all this stuff is out there. She's beyond the fact that they're filming it on the show and knowing she's actually going to have to deal with it again when it airs. And then again at the reunion. Yeah. Um, when they're filming it on the show, she's going through it at that moment. It's just happened to her. Mm-hmm. So I do understand Monique's compassion. And I think that's admirable, not necessarily in a housewife, mm-hmm. but in a person. Mm-hmm. And um, she makes up for it with her adorable one-liners. <laughs> it works. Um, I love how just like, I'm never going to text you again. Like everyone's like, we don't, no one's going to yeah, text Monique's Monique. like, you don't text me anyway. <laughs> yeah. Which is exactly what they both said on Twitter, which yeah. I thought was funny. Which was like, it doesn't even matter. Um, also Candace forgets that she attacked Ashley with the knife. She's like, when did I, when did I ever attack Ashley? And they're like, uh, do with you the not butter knife? That? They're like, do you, uh, forget that there was a knife held? And then that's when Giselle's like, I'm not pregnant. My memory's on fleek. Like <laughs> which I, that line, I literally laughed out loud because I was like, that is so Giselle. Like, 
at least I'm not pregnant. My memory is all good. Like, I don't got no pregnancy brain. Like, <laughs> like that was the best she could come yeah, up I'm with. Like, okay, 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 Giselle, like, kick her while she's pregnant. Um, but the drama causes the buyer to leave, and Robin's pissed because she's like, now these women are messing with my money. She's like, and, and she needs the money, clearly. Yeah, we're going to see the green eyed monster come out. Um, but yeah, that was basically the episode. I, mean, I just have to say one more time she thinks buying a truck is a good investment. <laughs> To then pay someone else to drive. I just don't understand. Uh, I, I want to know, it, is she flipping a fleet of houses? Or is this for another one house? I think the idea she was thinking is it was like the 1-800-GOT-JUNK situation. Where she's like, <laughs> she's like, she's like, she's like 1-800-GOT-ROBIN. She's like, I'm going to start with one truck and collect all the junk I can. And then once I connect enough junk, I'll she's get another gonna truck. She's going to have um, Robin and friends. And she just pulls up in her truck and she helps you move. She's like, okay, do you need it's a the truck? Potomac lady do you need to flip your house? Room. Do you need perfume? <laughs> Lipstick? I got it all. Just oh, yeah. come in the get, meet me in my truck. <laughs> it's like it's like have you have you ever gone to the Amazon has a thing called the treasure truck? And what it is is they like have special deals every day and they sell it out of the truck and it like goes around to all the different places. So it's like, oh, I can go get some sunscreen for like 30% off. Or it's like, oh, I need a drone for like two hundred dollars off. Like that's what Robin's going to do out of her thing, but it's home improvement and junk removal. <laughs> it's like today's special is and lipstick removal of um, <laughs> removal of your sofa with the free lipstick. Like <laughs> number five Oh seven and six Oh two. It's all we're selling today. <laughs> um, well, we're excited to see next week cause they go to the Cayman islands and it looks like there's a big blow up between Ashley and Katie. And there's going to be a blow up between Giselle and, and Karen, Karen, that I have been waiting for all season. I cannot wait to see these two women both separately screaming for security on the other person. I am salivating over this episode. I'm so excited. Yeah, they, I, I love how, you know, Bravo does this. They always give us a little bit of a cushion before the crazy. Mm-hmm. And next week is going to be crazy. So if you guys don't want to miss a single episode of our recaps, we're going to be coming out with Southern Charm Nola soon. The finale just happened. We're on OC. Dallas will be coming soon. Um, We've got lots going on, so make sure you subscribe wherever you're listening, whether that's SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play Music, iTunes, or Spotify. If you guys want to follow us on social media, we're hot and bravo to H-O-T and B-R-A-V-O-D on Instagram and Twitter. Kels, how can people find you? You can't. You got to call 1-800-ROBIN-DIXON to find it. Got to find Robin in her truck. (laughs) It's it's printed on the side of Robin's truck. I'm the (laughs) specialty. And if you guys want to follow me, it's Eddie Estrada at Eddie underscore Estrada on Instagram and Twitter. And we will see you guys soon.